Hello, and welcome to the Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McNew. I love all things boozy and boozy. So this is a show where I bring you some spirit or cocktail history and a ghost or folklore or something supernatural-esque story. So let's get ready to get lit and get scared. welcome back everybody today we are talking about ranch water and no not that seltzer brand even though i like it too but the cocktail there's a cocktail called ranch water and if you're from texas you probably know about it if not you might not and that's okay we're going to learn about it today this cocktail is so simple and so refreshing it's just tequila a little bit of lime topped with topa chico mineral water And this is perfect for the sweltering, unforgiving sun beating down on you hot summer days. This is a clear cocktail with a murky past. No one quite knows who invented it, but we can be confident that it did originate in Texas. Like maybe a rancher from Fort Davis created it in the 60s. Maybe it was created by real ranchers even earlier who, while out with their cattle, mixed tequila and water just to make their days a little easier. Maybe the Gage Hotel's White Buffalo Bar created it all the way back in the 1920s. They never officially added it to their cocktail menu until 2010, though. And I got that information from Punch.com. But fans of this cocktail from Austin, Texas, will most definitely give creative rights to a guy by the name of Williamson, who owned popular restaurant and bar Ranch 616. Williamson's recipe called for Reposado tequila, orange liqueur over ice, served with a lime and topa chico. The topa chico is served still in the bottle, so patrons can dilute the beverage to their liking. From my research, I would say he definitely deserves the credit for making topa chico the go-to and the norm for this cocktail. Like other recipes, just state mineral water and not are not specific on the brand. And honestly, I prefer to, topa chico in these. It's hard to find here. I'm in Indiana but I can find it at our Meyer stores. They have it more often than anybody else around me. Definitely go Topa Chico though, if you're gonna try these, makes a difference. So like, I, I do like this cocktail. I like to make it at home. So I would say definitely use mid to higher end Reposado tequila. It does need to be Reposado. That makes a difference. I don't know why, but it is better that way. And then, yeah, it's just better. So Reposado tequila, Topa Chico, lime, Orange liqueur, if you desire. I don't always put the orange liqueur in, but you can. So that's a ranch water, guys. Super fun, super easy. If you're hosting a party, easiest cocktail you can make for people. So on that note, I'm going to be right back, and then we will be back with ghost stories right out of the Lone Star State. All right, let's get into some Texas ghost. Texas is old land that's seen its share of war, gunfights, and other tragedies. It's bound to have some spirits wandering around. So let's start at Odessa High School, which is said to be haunted by a ghost named Betty. This actually sounds like some weird level of hell to be stuck in high school forever, right? Like, (laughs) what a nightmare. Betty is said to have played in many school plays, but she was a girl from the wrong side of the tracks who fell in love with a popular football player. The relationship just wasn't working out due to their social differences. She showed up with a gun one evening and asked him to shoot her if they couldn't be together. Apparently, he pulled the trigger. That's the story most related to Betty, or most retold about Betty, although it does seem to be a bit of an urban legend. Other rumors of Betty's demise include saying she fell off of a ladder in the auditorium and broke her neck. It's also rumored that she hung herself in the auditorium. 
If any of these stories have any truth to them, it's that Betty somehow died on school property and never left. Students claim there is a presence in the auditorium that they can't explain but believe it's Betty. Objects move, books fall off a desk, lights flicker, and all kinds of other weird occurrences happen throughout the school. Some students have even claimed to see Betty pacing along the balcony, like they had a balcony around their auditorium. Betty is still just hanging out up there. So down in San Antonio, they have an urban legend of Dancing Devil at El Camaroncito. El Camaroncito is a nightclub on Old Highway 90. Apparently, Halloween night in 1975, a handsome fellow no one recognized showed up and danced and charmed all the ladies. He was just incredibly good looking, okay? He was a great dancer and impressed everyone until one of his dance partners looked down and started screaming when she noticed his feet were not human feet in normal shoes. And they looked very much like goat hooves. Like that one kind of gives me cold chills. Like imagine like, oh, I met a handsome stranger. We're dancing. But you look down and see fucking goat feet. Like I would lose my shit. And she did. <laughs> Her screaming caused a scene and the mysterious man ran into the bathroom and escaped through a window, leaving a smoke cloud behind him that smelled like sulfur. Many believe this was the devil himself. Current employees say they still notice a sulfur smell sometimes in the restroom. Another San Antonio lore is the donkey lady. This is the story of a lady who raised donkeys and apparently one of her donkeys bit a child. She was ambushed by the child's father and a few other men while trying to cross a bridge. They claim she fell. Fell is very much in quotation marks. But in all reality, she was most likely pushed off the bridge into the river where she met her death. It's said that if you stop on this bridge at night, you can hear a donkey hee-hawing. Or even feel the back of your car lower like a donkey has stepped on the trunk. Another version of the story was that the lady came back as a supernatural creature who still has a human body but donkey hooves for feet and hands. If someone goes near her, she will pounce on them and rip their body to shreds. I don't like that scene in my head just like seems funny. Like human lady with like donkey hands just punching the hell out of somebody. Like uh, it's a visual for sure. <laughs> Let's move up onto Austin and check into the Driscoll Hotel. The Driscoll is one of Austin's most haunted hotels. Ground was broken for the Driscoll on July 4th, 1885 on the corner of 6th and Brazos Street, right on top of an artesian well that the builder and namesake of the building, Colonel Driscoll, thought would be smart so it could be the hotel's water supply. Not a bad idea, but it might not have been such a good idea after all since this well was highly regarded as sacred by several native tribes in the area. The Apache, Comanche, and Tonkawas believed that the spirits, both good and malevolent, could be contained in the water. This being very hallowed ground to them could have led to some hauntings and just general bad luck that's since happened to the Driscoll. Despite the tragedies here, the Driscoll was a fancy schmancy place, being the host to the governor's balls, socialites, and other Austin elite. It's still open today and still just as opulent and grand as it ever was. Though a little more background, Colonel Jesse Driscoll himself is still said to haunt his namesake hotel. His spirit is often accompanied by the smell of cigar smoke. Colonel Driscoll often spent his time in the hotel lobby smoking his cigar and chatting with hotel guests. The hotel is non-smoking now, but the cigar smell is still noticed occasionally by guests and staffs. Peter Lawless is a specter described as having black hair, a pocket watch, and wearing a white shirt with dark pants. 
Peter was a former resident of the hotel who moved into the fifth floor of the Driscoll after his wife passed away. He lived the rest of his life here, but apparently never really left. Peter has been seen exiting the elevator in the lobby while checking the time on his pocket watch, nodding to the staff, then walking out the front doors. The cleaning staff is also very familiar with him as they felt a presence only to look up and spot him watching them work. He seems generally harmless, just an old man who maybe doesn't know he should uh, move out of the hotel and onto the other side. <laughs> Another spirit still lingering in the hotel is one of a little girl. She was the daughter of a senator. In 1887, the Texas Capitol building was in the process of being finished, so the Driscoll held the legislation sessions. One of the senators brought their young daughter along and gave her a ball to keep her busy while he worked. She dropped the ball and it bounced down the grand staircase. Of course, she went after it, but ended up falling down the stairs herself. When she landed at the bottom, her neck was broken and she was deceased. Her ghost has been spotted exploring all over the hotel, but more often than not, she is usually found on the fifth floor near a portrait of a little girl holding flowers. This portrait is actually not of her. She just seems to like it. The ghost girl has been given the name Samantha. She plays with the children of guests in their rooms. When parents hear the children talking to apparently no one and ask who they're talking to, Samantha is the common answer. Next up in Austin, I have the Millet Opera House. The Opera House was built and owned by one of Austin's most successful businessmen, Charles Millet. He designed it to hold 800 seats and it was the second biggest in Texas at the time. One of the most popular ghosts of the Millet Opera House is that of former performer named Priscilla. On the night of her final performance, she was on the theater's catwalk above the stage. She lost her footing and fell to her death. Priscilla's presence is still felt by many who enter the opera house. She's also seen by many and is described as wearing a long gown and loose-fitting necklace. Priscilla seems to just like to play around. She's often spotted just riding the elevators up and down over and over. <laughs> seems fun if you have all of eternity to do nothing and she also likes to mess with the stage curtains by untying them when they should be tied back although she is mostly playful she has been rude to some employees one employee reported his plate of food was mysteriously smacked out of his hand by an unseen force and another claims to have been pushed from behind when no one was actually behind him let's head over to west texas and talk about the marfa lights this isn't so much as a ghost story but some kind of unexplained phenomena. These lights in the sky can be spotted off of Highway 67 and Highway 90 as well. The lights are just glowing orbs that appear over the desert. Are they UFOs? Are they ghosts? Some kind of light reflection from passing headlights? Nobody knows. They've never really been explained, only guessed at. These lights are bright and definitely noticeable. Some dart and dance across the sky while others just hang out up there. They've been around for centuries at this point. The first documentation of them was recorded in 1883 when settlers thought they might be embers from native campfire, but no camps or coals from a fire were found near the location. These unexplained lights are special to Marfa and they have a festival to celebrate them every year with music parades and food vendors. So sounds fun. I'm gonna wrap up Texas with those today. I know Texas is so big, and there's probably thousands of other stories we can tell. I haven't even like surface dived into Texas yet, but we will be covering some Texas places again in future episodes. Until then, give us a like on Instagram. Give us a follow. Highly Spirited Podcast. Bye, guys.